Hello, and welcome to Geek Between the Lines, the podcast that explores compelling themes in some of our favorite geeky properties. I'm Brittany. I'm Chris. And this week, we are going to look at belief in Avatar Last Airbender. And Legend of Korra. And Legend of Korra, yes. So, if you want to start us off with our quote, that sure. would be great. Probably one that would be familiar to fans It'll be of the some, show. If you're a fan, you'll know where it comes from, and it needs no other intro. Long ago, the four nations lived together in harmony. Then, everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Only the Avatar, Master you're of... so dramatic. Sorry, continue. <laughs> May I? Please? Yes. Thank you. Uh-huh. Only the Avatar, master of all four elements, could stop them. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. A hundred years passed, and my brother and I discovered the new Avatar, an airbender named Aang. And although his airbending skills are great, he still has a lot to learn before he's ready to save anyone. But I believe Aang can save the world. Very different take on it than Katara. I I do my own thing. I mean, I suppose that's okay, but... (laughs) Yeah, good belief. Her, you know, I mm-hmm. like. I like that the show starts with not only the history of Aang, but belief in Aang from one of his friends. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's definitely interesting. We were talking about this as we were preparing for the show because last time we talked about Avatar, we talked about doubt. Yeah. And so now talking about belief, it, it's very interesting coming at it from the opposite angle, especially since we talked a bit about that last mm-hmm. week. You know, with with the um quote we had last week about people believing in you i love how you always like last week when it was like five weeks ago thank you last uh, <laughs> last time we discussed avatar uh we yeah we we were talking about the quote about people believing you and i, I think it's interesting the show starts every episode with that belief mm-hmm. the belief in ang by katara it's not ang discussing himself it's mm-hmm. katara and I, I like, too, that it gives a bit of that history. I mean, obviously, it's nice for the beginning of the show to get that history, but also for it to be, like, when the world needed him most, he vanished. Mm-hmm. But even though that happened, like, she still believes that he can save the world. And so it's, like, starting from this place of doubt mm-hmm. and where everybody's doubting the Avatar. Like, is the Avatar even still alive? Um even if he is, does that matter? Because what has he done mm-hmm. in the past hundred years? So, yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, well, do you have a character that you prepared I to discuss? I do have a character. Give it to me, please. So, I decided to go with Legend of Korra for okay. this because I don't... <laughs> belief is seen in a lot of characters, for sure. But I don't know of any... If it's seen in any character as much as it's seen in Amon. Mm. And so I wanted to talk about him because I think not only is he, not only does he have like the belief to that bending can be oppressive, which definitely it can, and and we've seen that Mm. um, through both series, but he has such a strong belief that he doesn't only want to just take away bending from people who misuse it or people who oppress others with it but he wants to eradicate bending altogether Hmm. which is really intense and and it's also fascinating to me because i think even though he's a bender himself Mm -hmm. right and and he was abused through bending so there's definitely some personal history there 
But he's a bender, and all of these different followers don't know that, mm-hmm. right? He keeps it secret, even to the point where he's going to battle against people who have bending, and he won't Without use it. it. Yeah. But to me, it's really interesting because I think for leaders of movements or political parties or whatever it is, I think it's very easy to manipulate people if you tell them what they want to hear because not always, but a lot of people have very strong beliefs mm-hmm. in a wide range of things. And so if you're telling them things that they believe, even like it doesn't really always matter to them who it's coming from and if that's a credible source for saying those things because the whole movement started dying after they found out he was a bender Mm -hmm. right and it was just something that they assumed before because he was saying the right things that he wasn't a bender and they didn't question well why is he able to take people's bending away how did he gain this great skill you know like they just kind of believe the stories that he would tell and and I think that that's true of a lot of people today, whether it's um, leaders of religious institutions or political leaders. It's as long as they're saying things that you believe in, you often don't look at people often don't look at, you know, uh, well, where did they where did they spend their money or what is their mm-hmm. track record on this or different things, uh, which I think that we really do need to look at. Yeah, it's interesting because I wonder how far that goes in Amon's belief, you know, mm-hmm. where would he, if he won the war, right, if he hadn't been defeated by by Korra and he had been able to be successful there and he eradicated all bending, would he then eradicate it from himself? Well, I don't, one, I don't know if he can see that was something that i thought about too i'm not sure if he can or not it would be interesting to see if he could Mm -hmm. if he would do it but part of me thinks he wouldn't because new benders could still be born Mm -hmm. right but it'd be interesting if he basically didn't ever use bending even in the most grave of circumstances which we didn't see him do in Korra right Mm -hmm. when he did it or he would have potentially died or this or that he used it so yeah yeah that's very interesting yeah he's absolutely an interesting character and I think that your your points about him kind of um stoking the flames of what's going on is also really interesting because Mm -hmm. do you think that that this undercurrent of people feeling oppressed by benders and wanting to rise up against the benders, those who do not have bending, do mm-hmm. you think that that was something that he created or that he helped to, or that, that he saw and took advantage of? I would think that he saw it and took advantage of it because I think that, I mean, we saw in the city itself, the first day she gets to Republic City, she runs into... Um, the triple triads the triple triads and and seeing how they use vending and they mm. had been using it for quite a while so i think that it was just tapping into something that already a lot of people were angered about mm-hmm. but didn't really feel like they had much power to do anything about it because again if you're just an ordinary person 
and somebody has can bend one of the elements, there's not much you can do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm thinking about it, and like the Council of Republic City, do they have a non-bender on there? Well, Sokka was on it to begin with. Mm-hmm. So I imagine that whether they, I, I, it's not confirmed whether the people on there are or are not benders. They certainly mm-hmm. can't defend themselves when they're attacked. <laughs> That's um, true. So even if they're benders, they're not good ones. But mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm not sure. But they definitely represent. Because Tarlock was one, right? Mm-hmm. And he for sure was a bender. Mm-hmm. And then Tenzin for sure was a bender. Wait, was Tarlock one? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And then we're not sure about the... About the others. The other two. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm not sure. Yeah, because it, it would be interesting to see if they had some sort of system where on their government there was equal representation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and... Yeah. Now I'm thinking about it as it's not. I'm not. It's not what I'll say for a missed opportunity, but as a mini missed opportunity of that, <laughs> that they should have addressed that. Like moving mm-hmm. forward, either addressed the idea that the, you know, oppression still exists, or the idea of the oppression still exists by mm-hmm. by non-benders, or that Cora and the council did something to ensure that that oppression was no longer the case not mm-hmm. and not just like oh i'm sure cora would have done that because the triple triad is bad but mm-hmm. actually that she was being cognizant of these oppressive structures mm-hmm. of bender versus non-bender and the privileges that comes with and and that would be something interesting for them to, to do more of in the later seasons and honestly i would have loved if they had somehow made it so that cora learned how to do what amon did hmm. and was able to take bending away from people who were oppressing others who were like mm-hmm. doing violence through it because they could have done that for that group of three really mm-hmm. intense benders right in season three mm-hmm. um because they were doing terrible things with their bending and instead of keeping them in solitary confinement for years which is you know can be a form of torture Mm -hmm. you could just take their bending away they could have some sort of parole Mm -hmm. (laughs) to see that they're not doing other terrible things and and you know they could live their life without mis abusing that power yeah and i mean obviously ang did it too so Mm -hmm. yeah that, that would be very very interesting yeah so what is your plot my plot point is uh actually kind of branching off of what you were saying with the introduction when we were talking about our quote mm-hmm. and the belief in the avatar uh after ang's 100 year uh absence absence perfect yeah so because it's interesting how you mentioned how you know since he was gone this is a whole new generation of people and they don't necessarily think of the avatar in concrete terms you know Mm -hmm. it's something that has not successfully stopped the fire nation Mm -hmm. um and someone who has not been around to address the social ills that are at place that are in place so i think it's interesting as ang explores the world seeing the belief or not belief in the avatar Mm -hmm. and how much him saying that he is the avatar means to different people yeah you know so on kyoshi island obviously Mm -hmm. it means a lot right because Mm -hmm. they're they're a group that 
still worships an avatar from hundreds of years prior, mm-hmm. you know, even before the avatar prior to prior to Aang. So Yeah, their whole island exists because of this avatar. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's a little bit more concrete to them. And then I think the other place that you see it from the beginning as something that is extremely powerful and concrete is with the Fire Nation. Mm-hmm. You know, they have been um been working tirelessly to gain the avatar and zuko has for his own sake but the fire nation as a whole you know you could see it with with uh general zhao Mm -hmm. uh how he he is tirelessly going after the avatar like this is a high priority for the fire nation and that's because i think the fire lord has belief in the danger to him of the avatar but see the interesting thing about that is that he didn't until Hmm. the avatar came back right he punished zuko by saying you're exiled until you bring me or defeat the Mm -hmm. avatar which no one had seen for a hundred years so at this point the avatar had almost become some type of legend it was this myth um that some people believed in actually Mm -hmm. happened um or that the avatar actually wasn't gone but a lot of people thought either this never was a thing or the avatar had been killed or destroyed see i don't know if i if i agree i I don't know if i see the idea that he was a myth i think that that the idea of maybe them being destroyed or something happened where the avatar just went away i can see but i don't see like maybe i'm not remembering like is there a time when when someone like says the avatar is not real i thought so I mean, it, it's possible. Listeners, if you remember something, please let us know because, but I just, I just don't remember that. I never got that feeling. Like I always took it much more as a disappointment, less than a, this thing doesn't exist, you know, um, that this thing is a myth. And so and it, more of a disappointment that it's not around and that it hasn't done anything. And so I think it's very, very interesting. I think that with like you're, you're saying with the Fire Lord, it absolutely was, in some ways, a punishment to Zuko of, you know, having a task that could be impossible to mm-hmm. uh, to succeed at. But I think there also was an element to the Fire Lord of, I do want to make sure that the Avatar remains. Like, I don't know what happened to the Avatar. So I would like to make sure that the, nothing happens that, that I wouldn't know about. And so it's good to have more eyes out there looking for them anyway. It's true, but I don't know. I don't think... I didn't get the feeling that Ozai really had any concern at all about the Avatar actually being alive. Because it had been gone for a hundred years. And that is such a long time. Yeah, but I I think for me it comes when, like, when Zhao finds out that the Avatar's back. There's Mm -hmm. no, like, what?! Or that's impossible. Or there's nothing mm-hmm. like that, you know? No, like, but it, I mean, it's a, it's different when something comes back. Then you'd be like, oh, okay, we need to take this thing out then. But. Right. I'm just saying. I'm not, I'm not saying that it was. only worried was, once it posed a threat. I'm not saying that it was at the forefront of his mind. But I do think that there was. I could imagine something being passed through the Fire Lords of like the Avatar is a threat. You know, this is what stopped us from from invading to begin with it's something that clearly iroh knew about and so 
uh, you know, I o- Ozai probably knew about it too, that the Avatar was the one thing that stopped the Fire, Fire Nation from invading earlier. And so I think that whether he felt like it, the Avatar could immediately threaten his entire empire, probably not. But I do think that it was something that he wanted to at least remain vigilant for. Possibly. <laughs> well, did you have a compelling question for me? Yes, I did. So my compelling question is, how do you think belief affected Toph's relationships? Interesting. I think, well, again, like we talked about last time, Toph believes in herself more than anything else in the world. (laughs) Um, Toph knows that what she's going to do is, you know, she is going to do what she needs to do, you know, and not to say that she... Maybe make up new types of bending, you know, mm, exactly. that sort of thing, too. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think she has the same kind of arrogance that the Fire Lord has, where she can see, you know, undefeatable odds. I probably shouldn't say see. She can uh, <laughs> oh, no. understand there's undefeatable odds for her, and she won't go up against them regardless, you know. She will take the threats that she faces seriously, but she also knows that... If it comes to a one-on-one fight, there's few who will be able to to defeat her. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to her relationships, I think that's really interesting because when you see her training Aang, it's in a I'm not going to help you kind of way. You mm-hmm. know, like when Sokka is going to be killed, yeah. she's not, she, does, she doesn't do it. And she's saying, you have to believe in yourself, but... I think that also means that she has to believe in him, you know? Mm-hmm. She has to believe that he has the ability to do this or just care nothing for Sokka. And I don't I don't mm-hmm. think that that's, that's where she's coming from in that. I think that it is coming from Especially a belief in Aang. When she has her blushing sometimes. That's true. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I think that that she does believe in those who, who impress her mm-hmm. and who she, like... It's interesting, I'm trying to come up with a way of saying this that doesn't have a belief or a synonym for it. You know, people that she has faith in, people she believes mm-hmm. in. But people who she trusts their integrity, you know? I think mm-hmm. that, that she ends up having faith and belief in people who have earned it for her, you know? It's not a blind belief to uh, make another... <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. It, it is really a... Um, and perhaps that's ableist of me and, I, and, and not, a, yeah. not a good joke to make. But, um, but I do think that, that her, her, her belief is in people is, is earned. Mm-hmm. Why, what were you thinking? Well, I was kind of... A comment on, on yours first would be that I wonder if part of it is also that it's people that she just chooses to believe in. Hmm whether they earn it or not. Interesting. Why do you say that? Because, honestly, she didn't know much about Aang. He did He did beat her that one time. Mm-hmm. So he, she knew that. But, like, even with her kids or whatever, she just assumed, you know? Like, I feel like there's some people that she just chooses to. And, like, Korra, when she came to visit and things like that, where she's just like, no, this is what's going to happen. And so, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if all that comes from her belief in those people, though, or her, like, she also just has a tendency to 
not get involved in problems that she doesn't think are her problems, mm-hmm. you know? Like, she lets people handle their own things the way that she's going to handle her own things the way she does, like, with mm-hmm. her tent and such. Yeah. So I think that that, that still continues Pull with her Cora. own weight. And, and, and I think that's right because, you know, she says Cora should be able to take the metal bending out herself and Cora's not able to do that, mm-hmm. you know? And so I don't know if that is a belief in Cora or if it's just say, her saying more of, like, you should be able to take care of yourself and you're not able to do that. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So I was kind of thinking about it in a way in regard to her parents. Hmm. They believe something about her that was just simply untrue. And it affected their relationship so much in every way, really. And it, it affected how she ended up running off. And mm-hmm. and doing this completely different thing because it was important, obviously. But and even when her parents learned the truth, they still couldn't really shift their idea yet of of her and how she needed to be, you know, supposedly taken care of and protected and all of these things. And so a part of me wonders if them having such a wrong belief about her for so long, if that affected her in a way of just not being very close to people. Because she wasn't close to her daughters, right? Mm-hmm. And she had this distance and almost this... Ex- I, w- I wouldn't even say an expectation, but she just thought it was fine. Like, they should be able to do their own things. I did. and And that was very problematic for them Mm. like it wasn't for her and she preferred it that way but for them it wasn't and i kind of wonder if that goes back to how that parent child relationship formed back then when Mm. she was a kid i can see that yeah yeah very interesting yeah what about you what's your compelling question i was wondering how you think religious belief or beliefs exist within the world of Avatar. Hmm. Um, because we see things that we would consider supernatural mm-hmm. in the show. Um, and so I think it's interesting to to think about faith and belief in that lens, in uh, whether it be Harry Potter or Star Wars or whatever else mm-hmm. it might be, in something that we consider so fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, we we see shrines mm-hmm. and places of worship. Um, there, yeah, it, it seems like there are some beliefs that have been passed down in certain sects of people, and obviously, the monks have their own the airbending monks have their Mm -hmm. own way of doing things. And actually, we don't even know that they're all airbenders, right? Mm -hmm. So some of them are just a part of that way of life, Mm -hmm. which does have certain beliefs um, associated with it, like vegetarianism, right? Right. And and then once you go to Korra, we have the this whole spirit world and, Mm -hmm. and getting in to be involved with that way more than than we were um previously and it's very interesting because you have someone like Iroh who he seems to have beliefs that other people no longer hold 
hmm. like about the spirit world and things like that, that he has somehow engaged with this mm-hmm. and other people haven't. So they don't believe in it, but mm. he does. And then, and that affects how he sees the entire world. That affects how he, it, how he views the Avatar, mm-hmm. right? And and what he thinks that Zuko even needs to do in terms of understanding other types of bending. And 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 then you have Tenzin later, who believes in this the spirits in the spirit world and wants so much to be a part of that Mm -hmm. but he can't like he doesn't actually have the ability like he's learned the practices and he's tried to do it but it doesn't work for him and that i don't know in some ways i guess i could kind of see that as a crisis of faith that a lot of Mm. people have that um especially like in a christian tradition would be this idea of I'm supposed like if God's there I don't feel God mm-hmm. if God's there God doesn't say anything to me and and this kind of I'm doing these I'm doing the practices I I care I want it with everything that I have but it just isn't like I'm left empty-handed mm-hmm. or I don't have any experience with it um yeah so it was interesting but for Denson, he was able to engage with it in some ways through his daughter because he wasn't able to, but she was. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What were you thinking about? Yeah, I, I think that, that you hit on a lot of interesting points in kind of where my head was going to with it. And I think Tenzin is an excellent example of it um, and, and a good metaphor for those kinds of, crisis of crises of faith. I think that, though, that it, it, one of the interesting things about uh about it is like the spirit world and like their faith in the spirits whether it be Tenzin's or Iroh's or anyone else's like we as the viewer and then certain characters within the show do know that these are real like there are like mm-hmm. observable instances that say this is how acting this way is going to affect the spirits and mm-hmm. these these spirits exist in this way and you can meet them and you can mm-hmm. talk to them and so you know I think that it's interesting looking at that from the angle of faith in that faith is something that you can't have in something that's provable Mm -hmm. you know like faith has to be you taking a step outside of something that you can actually observe Mm -hmm. um but then i've also you know i i know there are certain practices within christianity and of course other religions that are about you know having like real to that person observable communion with god you know mm-hmm. experiencing a heaven like like experience or mm-hmm. or or miracles or any of these different things exactly that we hear about yeah. and so it's just it's it's interesting kind of looking at it from that perspective when you think about how yeah how for those who yeah i guess when when does that belief in the spirits become more like logic and science and rationality and less mm-hmm. like faith and belief mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um and that's that's just it's just an yeah. interesting way of looking at it yeah. I, like i don't have a conclusion to get to from there i just think mm-hmm. that it's, it's a very interesting perspective especially considering um yeah, the fantastic elements of of the world of avatar well and i i think it's really interesting off of that too to look at the role of avatar because 
Avatar is supposed to bridge these worlds, mm-hmm. the spirit worlds and, you know, the material worlds. And for people, that could be a, a huge reason why they would build shrines to the Avatar and, and everything and, and kind of worship or admire or look up to this person who can access that in ways that they haven't been able to themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Very interesting. Interesting. Okay, well, how about a missed opportunity? Okay, so my missed opportunity is about how people in the Fire Nation adjusted to having basically a complete 180 in like their national narratives Mm. and government's point of view. And that, you know, wouldn't those beliefs have taken a really long time to change. But we don't really get to see that at all in Legend of Korra. Mm -hmm. Which to me is really sad. Like I understand why you wouldn't see it in Avatar. Because it ends pretty much when the Fire Nation is defeated. So you don't really get any of anything that happens after that a post-war fire nation but things would have to change everything from school curriculum to how the government's run but even after those things change which could maybe be implemented without too much time passing would people's actual ideas change Mm -hmm. about not only the avatar about but about all of the other nations and people from the other nations because i don't see that happening anytime quickly i mean maybe people in that world are just better than people in (laughs) our world but it just from my personal life experience it seems like it would be a very fraught journey to get people to see the Fire Nation as not being one that should be imperialist mm. and see other peoples as not ones who should be subjugated. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's uh, that's one of the benefits of having an absolute dictator for a leader. You know, <laughs> you don't need to have the approval of your, your people to make those kinds of changes. And I guess you could use this as an example of why the idea of the um, the philosopher king, you know, the benevolent <laughs> dictator would be an, a beneficial thing to society because maybe it would allow for that change to happen much quicker. But I definitely think mm-hmm. it's interesting considering that Mako and Bolin's parents are mm-hmm. a firebender and earthbender, mm-hmm. you know, and so already by their parents' time, which is maybe two generations past the fall of, uh, of Ozai, there's already you know, people Mm -hmm. mirroring and and how quickly did Republic City get set up with funds from the Fire Nation, you know, like Mm -hmm. how, you know, I think, I think that that transition time would be the most interesting, Mm -hmm. like next chapter or additional chapter I could think of in, in, of what's going on in the Avatar world of seeing how the people and societies are changing as, you know, this really small group of people is White Lotus-esque trying to lead society Mm -hmm. in different ways but i would see it as the people from the colonies being Mm. most likely to intermarry first right and but the people who've only been on the fire nation islands and like have never had any outside contact yeah and we don't see any of that 
Yeah, so that's my missed opportunity because yeah. I would love to see that. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there's be a lot of change there. Of course, they'd poor Zuko. Certainly, he had a lot of work to do. <laughs> I'm sure they'd still be calling each other Hotman the whole time, but that 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 would that, be eternal. That, uh, Aang revived that exactly. term. Exactly. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, my missed opportunity um, deals with the end of Avatar: The Last Airbender, mm-hmm. and how I think that. For me, one of the ways in which the the lion turtle gifting to Aang the ability to change, to change and take away bending, mm-hmm. it it misses some of the the opportunities it had because the beginning of that arc was all about him not having belief in the idea of killing. You know, mm-hmm. he did not believe in that, and his belief was so strong, and he was getting a people against him literally from every angle without and within you know the Mm -hmm. other avatars telling him that he should kill Mm -hmm. and all of these things happening where everyone around him telling him that this is the only thing that he can do and i love seeing his belief that no this is right you know Mm -hmm. but then he gets like possessed by the avatar state or he gets possessed in some way to go onto the lion turtle island and then he's Mm -hmm. you know goes and talks to that lion turtle and he just gives it to him you know like it could have been as simple as ang going out and searching to find that the lion turtle you know Mm -hmm. finding out about this mythical idea of of spirit bending and Mm -hmm. him going out to seek it out or Mm -hmm. him meeting the lion turtle and him saying something like not just like is there another way but like i know there's another way like Mm -hmm. i think it would have been so much better to have Aang's conviction and belief be much more powerful without that and much more of a driving force mm-hmm. in him discovering that mm-hmm. ability than the kind of happenstance way that, that he ends up getting it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Definitely the fact that he just kind of in some sort of trance went out onto the mm-hmm. lion turtle is, you know, a bit strange. Um, but I, I do think it's interesting that when he was talking to his past avatar selves, it was on the lion turtle. So maybe if that could somehow, like, if the mm-hmm. lion turtle sensed what he was asking, um, or if just because the lion turtles gave bending, if somehow they could sense something, mm-hmm. I don't know, they're like more in tune to the app. But we never saw it again. right and we don't know when it happened and which lion turtle was this Mm -hmm. (laughs) which bender type was it um so yeah i can definitely see that or i think it could have been really interesting too if yeah if they had some sort of scene like if while he was meditating on the lion turtle shell like and he was talking to his past selves if it was if it was from those conversations that he pieced together how to do this alternative um that could be really interesting too totally yeah yeah um yeah so uh, i i do like the ending that he's able to 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 defeat ozai while adhering to his beliefs i think that's mm-hmm. wonderful i just wish that that it felt a little less you catastrophic to use tolkien's word of of basically like a deus ex machina style like this thing comes at the end when there seems to be no hope you know mm-hmm. um and and so yeah I, I i that would be my missed opportunity 
Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's wrap it all up. What's your your takeaway from our conversation? My takeaway, honestly, is to pay more attention to kind of faith systems within the series next time I watch it because mm. it's really interesting. Yeah, I like that. What about you? Yeah, I think my takeaway from from what you're talking about earlier about Amon was really this idea of of a leader like that believing in what they what they say, you know? I think that especially as we're coming up against a midterm election, you know, after the 2016 elections mm-hmm. and you know, the mess that that was, you know, the idea of sincerity in a political leader is almost unexpected you know mm-hmm. like they're we bring them to such a low bar and it allows people right. like Amon to come in and you know manipulate masses of people to get what he wants and I think that we certainly see that within our own politics on all sides you know we see people who who have changed their own stances based off of what they think will get them elected or who will say their stance is one thing while secretly selling their votes to lobbyists, you know? Like, we have things mm-hmm. that where conviction and belief in an ideal seems to be so much less um, less integral. And uh, that is that is really unfortunate. And I guess the question is, is, is that systemic to the way that our, our system is created or is that we just have created a culture within the political sphere of this is the only thing that can, this is the way that it works now, you know, mm-hmm. or both. I or, would guess both. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it, it's, it's just very interesting. But I think that, that looking at Amon when you're talking about that was kind of, you know, making me think more about, about our society and, and how we could apply those kinds of lessons to, to us. So I guess um, we really need to come up with a way to remove the political power from someone by just like touching their forehead i mean i'm down with that that would be really helpful (laughs) yeah that'd be great (laughs) all right well what about next week so next week we are going to be back with star wars Mm -hmm. and let's find our topic is going to be agency agency within star wars okay very good, very good. And of course, yeah. by agency, we mean the ability to act on your own behalf and make your own decisions and, mm-hmm. and have your own um, opinions and actions and things like that, not like a talent agency. Okay, <laughs> well, great. That, that sounds like a lot of fun. Well, thank you all very much for listening to this episode. You can find us on social media by searching for Geek Between the Lines on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Pinterest. You can also go to our website, bit.ly slash geekbetweenthelines or go to our Patreon site at patreon.com slash geekbetweenthelines. We also want to thank Kimberly Taylor-Pastel at Lacelet for designing our logo. You can find her designs at lacelet.com or searching for Lacelet on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, With that, we'll see you next week when we'll talk about agency in Star Wars. Thanks very much. Geek Geek out. out!